G'day, and welcome back to Casual Conversations, hosted by a mediocre person. The only show on the internet that says being a fan of anime and Japanese culture doesn't make you a 2D waifu-loving addict. Uh, and on a completely unrelated note, uh, your three-page essay about why Deku X May Hatsume is the best ship is due on my desk on Friday. Um, I am your host for this podcast. My name is Mr. Mediocre. And joining me today for this, uh, we have our guest again. Uh, we have Thomas joining us. Hello, everyone. Uh, and we also have another new guest, uh, Karis. Thank hey. Hello. Um, so today's topic uh, is going to be talking about being weeb teachers or some sort of new age 21st century teachers as we are all qualified teachers here. Yeah. Uh, Thomas is a... I know about weeb teachers. I'm an otaku, mate. That's what I am. <laughs> I'm both. Um, Thomas majors in drama teaching. Yep. Uh, Karis majors in English teaching. And I am a relief teacher. So I specialize in nothing. Um, <laughs> we mock him all the time. In, in, in everything, in everything, Mr. Mediocre. Wow. Yeah, master Shots fired. Um, so the, the one thing I wanted to talk about today is this idea of as uh, weeb teachers or teachers that have some sort of anime uh, love and passion and, and everything gaming and, and nerd culture, how has that sort of influenced your teaching or the ways that you sort of interact with kids in the actual classroom itself. Because I know that for me, because I'm so, not impractical, but I'm just very spontaneous. A lot of my references or a lot of my rapport with the kids is very based around anime or even just anything nerd culture itself. So if I ever see kids drawing or something, I'll always figure out who they're drawing and what anime it's from, and I'll try and take the piss out of them as best as possible. (laughs) What about you? Um... Oh, I use it for rapport, but I think when I started, I feel like you're going to be very, very different, Karis. Is it sort of um, being a fan of popular culture things was sort of like a sort of dirty secret. Like I wouldn't actually advertise myself as someone that watched anime or Doctor Who, because you know any any kids that aren't part of that sort of fandom or you know just think that you know oh yeah, Sir likes big tits and sword fights. <laughs> and I mean they're not wrong, but it's. It's not really how you want to position yourself as a teacher. It sort of came out just gradually. Um, I think I had my desktop wallpaper was uh, of Harry season Mia. It was um, I don't know. If that is knows. your big love. That I is your I main. love Harry season Mia. I reckon it's one of the best shows out there, and no one really appreciates it. Um, I think there's just a bit too much melancholy in it. <laughs> Fuck me. Um, but I think, like, because for you, however, Thomas, is you didn't really get into anime or anything like that outside of Doctor Who until you were, like, in your university years. Because I remember that we had a couple of mutual friends that introduced you to, like, Sword Art Online. Yeah, and I, I've forgiven like, them for that, yeah. <laughs> so you weren't really into your 20s before you started getting into it. Whereas, like, Karis and myself, we grew up watching anime and things like this. You were... I was 14. You were beyond savable when it came to, like, the Naruto, like, There was two weebs at my entire school in the same year. I was the Naruto kid, and the other guy was the Bleach kid. So we didn't even get along in that regard. So you guys just had, like, turf wars between your anime clans every day in that case. Oh, yeah, you know, like, I just whip out the jutsu and eat... I don't know, put on his mask. I don't, know, I don't watch Bleach. <laughs> I'm, I'm not a big Bleach person myself. But yeah, like, for you then, Karis, what was it like for you growing up as uh, the gigantic weeb at school? 
Uh, I don't know. I usually just spent my time like in the library drawing comics and stuff. I uh, didn't really have too many others who were into that sort of thing as well. So uh, until I was actually in year 12 and then a bunch of like, I don't know, the like year eight at the time, they were really into it. So I was that weird like year 12 student that hung out with like year eights in the library. And I even like um, you, you became... You just bringing the teaching down. You were giving them as the, the wise Hokage that you were, you were, you're teaching the next generation. Yeah, that was my goal as I was moving out. Got to teach them about the weebiness, teach them about the creative writing. Even some of them I still talk a bit with today. And so it's interesting to see, you know, where they've ended up. Um, and then I know that for me, yeah, I, I was, or I was the same where I didn't, there wasn't, anime as a stuff wasn't very big, uh, during our high school years. Like the, the late 2000s sort of thing. There was only like me and then same to like what you were saying, like there was a small patch of kids that were younger that really sort of like embraced it and talked about but it. That's like that. probably down to two different things. One is the access to anime. Mm. And the mm. second is that during that time, the nerds took over. Because kind of. I remember um, uh, when I was at primary school and, and the ABC repeated Doctor Who episodes on a, on the Monday to Thursday, yeah. and they started with the old stuff. Well, I say they started with the old stuff. There was no old stuff. It was just it. That's yes. all there was at mm. this point. Yeah. Um, and, then, and then it came back, and I could really feel uh, this sort of shift. People now spoke to me because I was a Doctor Who fan. Uh, in high school, I created a Doctor Who club. Aww. Where we'd, we'd sit in one of the computer rooms and watch the science teacher's Doctor Who DVDs. You, your love for Capaldi knows no bounds <laughs> because both Capaldi and Tennant were hardcore Doctor Who fans that did their own sort of like club or their own sort of writing newsletter thing to the BBC on a regular basis. I think I think I'm geographically challenged on that. Point. They were much closer <laughs> to the BBC. That's that's probably. I, I don't true. even watch the BBC. Yeah. I mean, that could have been an issue with um, the spread of anime to Perth, for example, since we are so geographically <laughs> isolated. Yeah, I know that for me, there was only one teacher back when I was in school that was like the cool guy because he was into that as well. There was one teacher. I think it was a Hass or a Maths teacher. I can't remember, um, but he. During the last three years of, of high school, it was discovered that he was really into Yu-Gi-Oh. And so <laughs> him and my mate at recess and lunch... How, how, did, how did you discover that? Because my mate loves Yu-Gi-Oh as well. And so he brought Yu-Gi-Oh cards because him and I used to play every now and then. And then like the, his homeroom teacher discovered it. And then from that point on, nearly every single recess and lunch, these two, like him and his homeroom teacher, would have Yu-Gi-Oh like, fights during, during homeroom and stuff. So wow, you had cool teachers. We only had one. That's the thing. There was only the one. Only mine, the um, one. Mine thought I was like in a part of a cult because I kept drawing like the Naruto Jashin symbol like all over my stuff because I was the big Akatsuki <laughs> fan girl. She's like, "Are you in a cult?" And I'm like, "Yeah, probably." There were tons it's of kids, anime, actually. Tons of kids drawing swastikas, and they were never asked if they were part of a neo-Nazi group or anything. Oh, so I think all the dicks. You were you were prejudiced against that, Karis. People, you know. <laughs> yeah. I think this is the, the the thing as well. When I was in England yeah. for primary school, they called it infant school there, Pokemon cards were like a really Yeah, classic. I remember that. Yeah. And I wasn't into Pokemon cards, so I never really felt myself as a as a, as a nerd as such. I felt myself just sort of a, a, a connoisseur of archive television, really. Like, that know. is very true. Your, your one goal 
and and passion has still been Doctor Who. The fact that you well, write also, essays no, uh, based on Doctor Who episodes. Red Wolf, Blake Seven, The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Guy. You're I just born in the wrong my... generation. That's what it was. <laughs> well, so if, you know, growing up there wasn't a lot of, like, nerdy teachers or, or just big otaku teachers, as you said, Thomas. Um, how do you express yourself? Or do you allow yourself to be expressive when it comes to a lot of this anime, gaming pop culture whatever at school itself well i think karis is going to beat me on this listening to listening to what she said in the elevator here so i'm going to go first (laughs) it was a really long elevator ride and uh, i'm going to go first and that way that way that way yours is just an extension of what i'm saying not not like you know here's the you know found elephants and now for our next trick thomas will leave all right so um i i it just sort of comes out by accident it comes out of Report. I've never done anything and used anime or Doctor Who to sort of explain a topic. Mm. I sort of deliberately keep uh, my professional sign and every now and then the mask will, will lift and people... I mean, obviously I don't do it well enough. I mean, I've had people... Um, Last year, two year trailers brought me Ghost in the Shell on DVD as a going away present. <laughs> okay, that's cool. I mean, what is that? Is that MA? Uh, M? 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 I'm not, I have to be honest, I've not watched it yet. Okay. Um, but that's still really cool the fact that you tried so hard to keep your otaku life that a bunch of like 17 year olds bought you the box <laughs> set of, of Ghost in the Shell. I mean, it, it, it comes out, but I, I mean. I, I think you may, well, you may as well tell your story about your recontextualization of, of I'll literature. I'll get to that. Um, but it, it's the, I, I've never never based a lesson plan around, right, I'm going to use Doctor Who or anime as an example or something. I mean, so there is one activity I do in drama where uh, you have like a music video, you find like whatever's current and popular the AMVs, at the moment. Yeah. Uh, not AMV, just like a music video, like just general music videos. Oh, okay. Just whatever is mainstream at the moment. And you'll play it, and the kids have to keep up with the movement. So you turn all the lights off, it's on the screen, big space, and they're doing that. And it's a warm-up where you can finish your tea. <laughs> uh, and it just sort of, you know, gets them ready to do some movement stuff. And on one of these, one of these times, I thought, right, I want to do the Harry Harry Yukai dance. Oh, Wow. What a uh, throwback to what, 2007, 2006? <laughs> you should have um, also put on like caramel dancing. I don't know. Did that you start one. doing the Nian Cat as well while at the same point? No, 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 no. That, we, we, that, uh, um, Harry Harry Yukai did its job and I haven't gone to back to, to repeating that. But, um, I think like there was one student who had no friends in year 12. She's um, sitting right there. Hi. <laughs> I mean, you weren't wrong, but um, and and we just sort of made it our, our our New Year's resolution was to learn the Hari Hari Yukai. So she'd come in during lunch and we. Okay, that's adorable, actually. It, well, it got a bit much actually because you oh. know, like being a teacher, you don't really have your lunch time to spare mm-hmm. every now and then. So it wasn't something I could commit to. So we learned the first ten moves together, which I can now demonstrate. Um, which sure, is, you're, you're performed to be great a, for an audio podcast. podcast. <laughs> wow, that's an amazing performance. He's doing it right now, folks. Right, so that's how it tells 10 seconds of silence when I do it. And I'm just like, round of applause. Wow, oh, that was amazing. Oh. I love that I got to see that. I, I can't believe I remembered all of it. Oh, God. 
hurt my arm doing that last move. Oh, yeah. I know, and the backflip, like, I think that was completely improvised. <laughs> but way to end it, though. Way to end it. I no. thought the fireworks were a little, like... Uh, too, not much, too much. Not enough, actually. Um, okay, so Thomas, you basically, you, with your anime, by the sounds of it, you, it's not a big part of your teaching method. It's, uh, I think it's all about rapport. I don't teach with it. Mm. Um, so I get, you know, there, there'll be students um, who, and I mean, I you know I do do drama, and the kids that like drama are the type of students that you know sort of think of themselves as outcasts anyway, whether or not they actually are. They're, yeah. you know, they're, they're into, you know, musicals and everyone else is into the sport or violence or, mm. you know, things like that. So I think they always already feel sort of outcast. Um, and then, and so when, when you, you know, reveal that you're a fan of, of Doctor Who and, 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 you know, or anime, and then the way you do it is that you you know you're actually part of the culture by saying the right thing to piss them off. Yes, <laughs> yes, I 100% agree to that. Um, you know, so, you know, there's a kid that was a fan of, of Star Trek, and I go, oh, Deep Space Nine's the best, isn't it? <laughs> uh, and, and you know, they just, you just the hair goes back up and they're, they're ready to fight. Um, but I, I really liked uh, Firefly Season 2. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so that's that's yours. Too so soon, Carrie. That's too soon. <laughs> it's uh, been like twenty years. That will still be too soon. Um, okay, so I, I definitely agree with the rapport thing and just bonding with kids and just getting, especially engagement. Yes, engagement's a big thing, or having like a reward system for them. I definitely have that. There's a couple of kids where like they they will be really invested into like one particular thing, like Jojo's Bizarre Adventure, for example, which you'll probably oh, yeah. know about. Oh, yeah, I have a student who has um, on his like pencil case who just has Jotaro on it with like exclamation mark. Yeah, so he, and I tell he's him, really oh, that's really bizarre this. of you. Oh, my God, <laughs> fuck. Um, whereas like when it comes to him, because I know he's so into it, he, he's, I think he's got Asperger's, but he's really into it and he'll always want to talk about it. And so I'll be like, okay, mate, why don't we just copy the notes down, do the work, and during our free time, during the last, like, 20 minutes or so, then we can talk about this, because that's at least doing that sort of motivational thing. Whereas, like, every now and then when he acts up, I was just like, look, you were bad today. We're not going to be talking about this. You get five minutes, that's it. Nothing else. Because it was a case of just, like, you you can't just always enable. Like, you've got to have sort of, a like, a reward system uh, in place for it. But that's, that's just my methods anyway. Um, but... Karis, as Thomas led on before, there we go. Is you good. incorporate it much more into your teaching methods. Uh, you say that, but a lot of the time it actually depends on the class because, you know, when you reveal that like you're into that sort of stuff, you're actually giving, like, a lot of yourself over to the students and trusting with a lot of knowledge. I like how we're, yeah. we're talking about this as we're coming out. <laughs> I mean, as the otaku, <laughs> yes, yes it is. <laughs> All right, kids, I've got a, a, something that I want to share with you. It's very, very personal. Um, I watch sci-fi. And I go, oh, oh, no. Don't touch me. You get diseases. <laughs> no, because, like, I think in today's generation, you'd be like, I have to make a big a commitment. Um, <laughs> my waifu is not Ochaku. Because that would be the big thing. Like, you got to figure out who your, your waifu and husbando is, and oh. that's how you can, like, piss off kids. I'm sorry, kids. 
but present Mike's my favourite. He's also an English teacher. Shota Azawa, a razor head, just does not compete with that. I'm sorry. The angsty emo dude that kills the entire family. Sorry, he doesn't cut it. He doesn't make the top five. I'm sorry, kids, but if you like Sasuke, you're getting an F on that next test. <laughs> that just reminded me of one scene that I did. We'll let you talk. talk. We've been building you no, up, no, Kat. Been building well, you. I don't know why. Um, but there was this one kid who, who was a fan of My Hero Academia, and he, he said that best girl was Momo. Um, Momo, she's good. Mm. She's great. And I was like, no, it's Froppy. <laughs> Froppy's best girl. Oh, fighting words. Uh, I already wrote that essay that um, Mr. Mediocre requested, the uh, May Hatsume's best girl. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Who's May Hatsume? You have to remind exactly. me. She's another character. The fact that you... <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. you. Didn't you read that essay? <laughs> 3,005 words. Do you know what I love about you, Thomas? Is the fact that you're like, Froppy's the best girl. Obviously, you haven't watched this anime. You haven't watched My Hero Academia. I've watched My Hero Academia. I've watched the first three seasons. Who, I can't remember all their names, though. Do you actually know her actual name? It's Mae. Mae, it'd be that one, isn't it? It'd be the one you just said. No, from, no, no, it isn't. Fuck. No, I have no idea what her actual name is. It's Asui. 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 Yeah. or something. No, wow. I, uh, I, it's been a lot. It's a joke that her name says, like, Sue several times. Is it? Uh, Sue, yeah. Sue. I was just, I was just saying, actually, she's best girl. She is. That voice as well works. She's great. The fact that she oh, sounds like a frog. Uh, it's a brilliant voice. It's a brilliant voice. And I'm not saying that I find it attractive, but I just think that character's genius. So anyway. Did you know? Sorry, here's a trivia point. Originally, when, um, um, when he was making up the character, it was originally a male. And then what happened is he was like, oh, no, I got too much, like, big dick energy in this classroom. i got to add some more females into it. So he actually swapped her gender to make her a uh, female. And now look I think at her. Apparently she's the best she, girl. Yes. She is best. You know what? Best. I think you'll find that I'm the only person that thinks this. Anyway, you're but, really not. Trust me. <laughs> we, we walk past each other in the, the corridor. This is the, the kid and, and me, not me and Froppy. Um, <laughs> and and he'll he'll go, Momo's best girl, and I'll shout out, Froppy's best girl. And we'll just, just became a, a thing where... Uh, it would be like just doing like, a, you know, just heading off to assembly and he'd walk past of his chair to assembly and he'd go, Momo, and I'd go, Froppy. You know, and it just became this, this this sort of thing between us. Yeah, no. And then I actually managed to teach him. I have no idea how, how this conversation started because he wasn't actually one of my students. Well, because you it told like me that you actually, so actually you actually showed off an episode of My Hero Academia to your yeah, kids Yeah, it was like week 10, last day of school, and they were like, you know... Um, on on because I don't know what you use, but I use Chrome, and yeah, obviously I was showing I had like a HDMI cord connected for some presentation or whatever, and I open up a new tab, and one of my frequent tabs that I visit is Anime Lab. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, sir, you watch anime? Um, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what do you guys watch? And and oh, I had a student write up a whole list of anime for me to watch. Actually, have you completed the list yet? Uh no, there was a lot. Have there you done one? Oh, I've done, I've done, I've done several. Oh, okay. I've done several, but a lot of the things were things that I had to go on Kiss Anime. To uh, get, and I just that's wasn't. gone. I think that's gone now. I think so. Yeah, that Kiss has... Anime got removed recently. A lot of pirating sites have gone. Yeah, yeah. So I haven't. Of you. <laughs> <laughs> um, we we will actually get back to you now, Karis. We, we keep deviating. I'm so I actually, sorry. I actually had a student write me up a list of like anime <laughs> recommendations, and I just looked it over and I said, "Sorry, kid, I've seen all of these." <laughs> Did you bring out your big anime book as well? That's got oh, like I a top one hundred. I gave him like I'm like, okay, here's three recommendations that you probably haven't seen. Duh, duh, duh. There. Nice. Yeah. Nice. All right. What have you got? 
recontextualizations of your anime teaching methods. Oh yeah, um, so. I, I, I know I was talking a lot about it earlier, but I actually don't refer to it too much. And a lot of the time, it actually depends on the classroom. So I have a uh, class of academic extended students, and they're the super nerds. Like, oh, my gosh, all of them are into, like, My Hero Academia, all the, like, Studio Ghibli. I look at their, like, laptops because they have laptops at my school. And they're just covered in stickers. And I'm like, I like these kids. And um, I taught Romeo and Juliet to them. And it is actually a great topic to look at fan fiction with. But, of course, I can't teach it as fan fiction because that's a little too on the nose. So I have a great term for it. It is called recontextualization. And so what happened, I said to the kids, because it was, like, Friday and I was happy to just do a lesson before we moved on to doing, like, Animal Farm the next week. And I was like, OK, we're going to do a fun lesson. And they're like, Miss, you say that every lesson. We already know it's not going to be a fun lesson. <laughs> I'm like, no, this one is. Okay, first of all, you need your books out and I'm going to put a word and a definition. Miss, this isn't fun. Just just write it down. So I wrote out recontextualization and they're like, miss, that is the least fun word we have ever seen. And I'm like, okay, let's call it this uh, alternative universe fan fiction. <laughs> and nice. they're like, okay, miss, we like it a lot more now. And I was, like, doing the idea of kind of putting Romeo and Juliet into different contexts. And, like, we started with a few on the board. Like, some were kind of references to anime where I was like, oh, what if, like, they had, you know, like, superpowers and, like, maybe this one was, like, this sort of superpower but, like, the Capulets were this sort of superpower. And another was like, oh, what if they're from rival drama productions of Romeo and Juliet? Oh, I love that That one's good. I like that one. I'm nicking that one. Do it. Um, but like, um, even some of the boys who I didn't think would get very engaged got really engaged. They're like, Miss, what if they're from like rival football teams? <laughs> and I'm like, Yeah, yeah, sure. Like, these ones are like the West Coast Eagles, these ones are like the Dockers. And they're like, Oh my gosh, Miss, oh my gosh. And then I was like, Okay, like, now that you've got it, I want you to like just start like writing an introduction for it. So it really was just like a lesson, like a, it was kind of like a throwaway, but I think they like, they took a lot away from it at the same time. Well, I mean, it's engaging and that's what we keep being told as teachers yeah. that you need to do to students is that they need to be engaged. Mm. And and when, when you have students that are engaged, you have less behaviour management issues, you have more of their, atten- you know, their attention and their um, learning because of that. Uh, and you can, they enjoy the subject, so they, they're much more amenable to what's happening. Mm. Um, and so if you know that your kids are into something and you fail to use that, uh, I don't, you know, there's no real reason for that. If, you, if they're into something, let them be. Mm. Mm. Um, one thing that I did in drama is I had year 10s, and this was for COVID. This was for COVID. We had to um, adapt the year 10 program because we assumed that we were going to go into online learning. Yeah. yeah. Uh, which didn't happen, but we you know that was did for us. <laughs> but for for the state system, it didn't happen um, in WA where we are. And so what I had to do with the year ten was rather than them doing scenes from Waiting for Godot, they had to do their own little solo performance. Um, uh, well, because that's, they could only, uh, you know, the plan was they were just going to film yeah. this in their room and send yeah. it to me to to assess. Um, so you know, and I wasn't going to do it at the year seven because there's no way I was going to watch. Or I have four classes of year sevens or about 32 each. There's no way I'm watching 90-odd year seven solo performance. Yeah, no. Uh, So I made this basically an original solo performance task up for these year tens. And to make life easier for me, I made it two minutes long. Mm. And to make life easier for them, I gave them the structure and I told them that they weren't going to create a character to reuse a character from 
from somewhere else. It could be anywhere from whatever else, but they were going to reuse a character just to, because without me being there, we'd lost all that whole working out objectives and characterization yeah. and devising. They just they were just going to have to you know quickly adapt. And uh, one one student um, was Jane from Animal Crossing. Oh, cute. Um, and it's like right. Well, what is what does Jane like? Oh, she likes organizing stuff. Cool. Right. What could go wrong in Jane's world? Oh, she loses a piece of paper. Excellent. That's your two-minute drama, uh, and and so that's what happened. So you don't you don't. Um, I think the student felt a bit. Oh, I'm doing Jane from Animal Crossing. Everyone like this. This person is doing Lady Macbeth in a, an asylum. You know, like, and I'm doing Jane from Animal Crossing. It's like no, no. Jane from Animal Crossing is brilliant. Oh, I did something like that when I was in high school. Like we had to do a part from like Macbeth. But that's like, yeah, a different character. And I think I did like Daydara from Naruto. Of course you <laughs> so it was fucking great. did. Yeah, it was great. I loved it. God, you're f- yeah. so fucking... Out of all of the characters in Naruto, it, it was always like the pretty boys that you were into. Because you were also into the well, Daydara yeah, because X. Because they're pretty. Sasori. And Sasori, yeah. Like yeah. that was your first like really big ship. It was actually really... um sad actually because one of my old school passwords was actually like the pairing and like i had this issue with my laptop and i had to actually go take it to the it and they're like oh can you leave your path your like password and i'm like it's okay like these people won't know what it actually is so i just wrote it down and then like they came to give me the new laptop and they're like isn't that like sasori and daydara (laughs) and i'm like yeah it's okay it's great so there you go you found two people uh who who were anime people oh i love uh, talking the to the I, I love talking to the it people because like they're the actual ones who like understand like my games and like mm. all my references the one issue is i'm actually really good at like it and sorting out my computer when it has like issues so usually i don't need to see them yeah. so i was like dang it i wish i wasn't well, so good at technology going off what you said beforehand about this recontextualization about mm. changing things around to help teaching well, i i'm talking to you about this thomas and maybe you as well about how i was going to be starting up a, a D club at my school um and it was just a throwaway passing of the time thing that i wanted to do but then i think it was you thomas that said that i should try and make a proposal about the benefits that it has um at the school so i can sort of keep a job there because there's yeah. a lot of benefits that D and D actually has within a. An I can't remember. Basis. It, was, it, was, it was me that said that, but it sounds. It was someone brilliant. beautiful, so it must have been you. But if it wasn't, it's clearly my other boyfriend. Well, I mean, let's um, let's just um, on that point. If and this is, I think, is a brilliant example of what we're we're talking about. Is all of us? All of us went to the ECU School of Education. Yeah, yeah. you can track us now. Um, <laughs> oh no! And all of us had Dr. Brian Moon. Yeah. And one uh, of the... Brian Swoon. <laughs> oh, yeah, with his sexy black jeans that he used to always wear tucked in. <laughs> he he is quite a silver fox, and part of his part of his charm is he has no idea he's a silver fox. I think he I think he might do, but he just sort of goes about his day with it. Like I think... surely he knows that like so many people want him. I think he's 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 happy with his wife, and so he just doesn't doesn't. Did you actually he? Because he actually taught a lesson that was on how to teach um how to teach video games. Video yeah, games with classroom. World of Warcraft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I loved yeah. that one. And um, this is this is it. This is what we should be talking. We should you should bring him in, um, and 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 write this down. <laughs> so so we I, well his lesson his lesson 
um, was that he'd get kids to play. I don't think he got kids to play World of Warcraft, but he used... He got them to play Zork, I think it was. Zorn? Zork? Uh, yeah, one of, know, those, one of those old um, text-based ones. Text-based yeah. games. Uh, and, and the focus on it was also vocabulary mm. because, the, you know, the, the use of the words, uh, sometimes archaic words you mm. use. Um, and and uh, with um, World of Warcraft in particular, he said that, you know, people in poetry... When we, when we teach poetry in anything, people think, oh, I don't want to be confessional yeah. And, yeah. and sentimental. It's because it's shit half the time. <laughs> uh, I disagree. As an English teacher, I disagree with that, but I do agree that that's what students say. They're like, man, oh, this poetry po- poetry is Poetry is actually really, really brilliant. It's just mm. that people people think that poetry is all lovey-dovey stuff, uh, but actually they can do some really brilliant things with poetry. And what he was doing with poetry was he was getting them to look at ballads, now, ballads are a narrative form of poem. You can't just write, oh, here's a poem, it's a ballad. It actually needs to be a narrative. Yeah. All right. So he would get them to write their campaigns in ballad form. They would be a bard, right? And they would yeah. be writing their cam- campaign. And you have a simple rhyming structure with a ballad. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, you can, you can alter it. I don't think there's a strict way of composing a ballad, but you can do like A, B, A, B. Yeah. Uh, or just A, B, A. B. Yeah, you know, you can do do all sorts. Um, so you, they could do that, and then and then there were limericks about the various creatures in in um, World of Warcraft. Oh, I wish I could remember remember them. Um, cool. I know, li- good, I know an example of a limerick. It's not related to World of Warcraft. <laughs> Should we try and create one now? You can just edit it out where I think. Um, it's Back to what I was saying, though, is uh, again so, trying hand to. Hang on, hang on, just 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 that is a lesson, right? That is kids write a limerick about this. Yeah. It's giving them a topic to focus on. They're using the form, and they don't have to be confessional, lovey-dovey, or whatever. They're into it. Yeah, exactly. Um, and he was also doing the same sort of thing with uh, video game reviews, um, where he'd get kids to, to watch sort of not a Let's Play, because that was way yeah. before. Uh, that's way after his time. But, you know, footage of gameplay. And then they'd write a review of the, the video game. Yeah. Based on, on what they could say. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, he yes, he yes. used Max Payne as an example. Mm. Uh, one example of like, um, it wasn't an entire lesson. It was just a warm up activity at the start, like 10 minutes. I had students, uh, they had to summarize a movie badly. So for example, it was um, Titanic. Uh, a lot of people tried the ice bucket challenge. Yeah. It ended badly. That was the Titanic. Wow. Uh, it's like man dresses up as bat and beats up a guy dressed up as a clown. <laughs> <laughs> See, that one's good. I yeah. like that one. I like but there were some like, good ones. That but they it came sounds up very much like the way that a lot of things moving forward, for us at least, in, in terms of like new teachers, is about incorporating, like you said, pop culture or reusing your I'd knowledge I'd love to teach video stuff. games. I'm an yeah. English teacher. I would love to teach video games, I but I say that to like the other like 19 people in my department, and they're like, Karis, we don't even know how to use our computers. <laughs> exactly. That's because they're all a bunch of... I'm hoping, and we no, need to no, just no. I think you, nice. you do the, the, yeah. the Brian Moon cheat of actually just have footage of gameplay. You don't actually have kids playing the games. You just have footage. Yeah, yeah no, no, no. But no, but it is about knowing your audience. In the, in Whereas yeah. these oh, guys, yeah. like, similar to, like, um, what we were talking about beforehand prior to this about Among Us, the, the game. Like, if you know what's going on, you can build rapport with the kids. You can offer it as a reward over. But you can also recontextualize some of the things about it regarding that game or other games or other memes or TikToks or, or whatever's that's snake, making around. Snake, snake, snake! I had like, um, 
I was like just teaching a lesson and like as I said before our students have laptops and I just heard the noise and I just looked at the student I'm like you better put that away or you're the one that's going out the airlock and just the look that came over their faces of miss you know among us and I'm like I play it I've been using the computer since I was 10 since before you guys were even born I like still play it I'm like up to date with all my memes up to date with all the video games and they still get like weirded out that I know all this it's because you're a teacher you're you're because that's that's the thing is like as a teacher their perception of teachers is just the old people that just don't get it they're not with it man and that's the whole um, thing my year 10s, like, I mentioned just offhandedly that I pre-ordered, like, the PlayStation 5 because yeah. they, were, they were doing work and, like, just one of them was like, oh, yeah, like, the PlayStation 5. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I pre-ordered it. They're like, miss, it's so expensive. And I'm like, I'm an adult. I have an adult job. I can afford it. Yeah. And they're just like, <laughs> oh, wow, that must be so nice, miss. But, miss, you're a teacher. Yeah. How do you afford it? Yeah, good point. <laughs> Guess I won't be eating for a while. Well, that's the thing. Like that was one of my big things when I you was can play it on all those holidays you get. Yeah, uh, oh, ooh, yeah. Uh, with all with... that free time I have at home that's not spent marking thirty-two <laughs> essays. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've decided to make a rule. I'll get, I'll get to you in a moment, Ian. Well, yeah. thanks. Yeah, I'll yeah, just sit yeah. the fuck down. I, 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 <laughs> I promise we'll find time for you, Ian. Um, with, with people talk about teachers, they might identify or whatever. And people talk about teachers. I decide I want to time it. How long I talk about teachers, and then when they stop, I want to shit about their job for the same amount of, <laughs> for the same amount of time. Yes. Oh, doctors, <laughs> fuck that! What do you guys do? Just glorified nurses? You know, like you could, anyone can be a doctor. You know, like you just... as like a sister, I have a sister who's a nurse, and she just always goes on about doctors. She's like, oh, they don't like do anything. And then she's like, oh, and then the next sentence she'll be like, I don't, I would hate to be a doctor. They do so much, and <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay. People complain about, you know, oh, te- you know, oh, teachers, you get so many holidays. Well, why don't you do my job then? You're yeah. selling me on my job. Why don't you do it? Why yeah. don't you be a teacher? Um, going oh, I couldn't do that. What you were saying uh, about, you know, being and back to connecting. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Fuck you, Thomas. About um, being hit oh, in like child's perception. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh. Wow. Where to be hurtful. We're um, saying relief teachers, and like relief teachers, not even a proper job, right? But I agree. What's even less of a proper job are people that are like run podcasts. Oh yes, definitely. <laughs> Can mean, you, and like who just like oh I don't have anyone to interview. Guess I'm just gonna drag my friends on. <laughs> Let's find a connection between them. Wait, wait, wait. I've got this. They're teachers, and they're weeps. <laughs> Mind blown. Uh, thanks for joining us on this podcast. <laughs> I'm just going to be... No, because it's like... Um, oh, that was it... nasty. Yeah, I, like <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was pushing it, but that was just nasty. Um, is the, the perception that kids have with a lot of teachers and breaking away from that is because I've got a lot of tattoos, and they're also very nerdy stuff, and so a lot of the kids... It, it you can definitely see their minds being like uncomprehending of like a teacher but that's also hip and cool mm. because like all of my stuff is to do with like comic heroes and stuff like that like they just they get so involved and so invested in like oh my god that's so cool I want to do that and that was another outlet for me was building rapport with the kids is talking about either the characters themselves or you know they're like oh I'm going to get a tattoo cool what tattoo do you want to get what would you do it blah 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 and like a lot of them that would do it would be the ones who are always really into drawing like art stuff and not so much like anime drawing but just like their own freestyle art or like uh surrealism and things like that it was always a really good way of like engaging those kids there's a uh year 10 student that we've got at the moment 
um, who has massive absences, um, really sort of crippling anxiety, which is why she's absent a lot of the time. And one of the few classes that she'll, she'll go to is her drama classes. Um, she has another drama class uh, that is not just the one that I take. So I can't claim the credit for it. This is not me selling myself. But one of the um, things that I did when she came is, is we talked about anime mm-hmm. uh, because I knew that she was into anime. And I think that's one of the things that made her feel feel safe about coming mm. to, to a drama class at least is is. The, is that rapport? Is that connection? Yeah, it's no. It's a really, really I, important thing for kids. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I 100% agree. Um, because uh, I've spoken to Karis about this about a couple of years back when I was teaching up north. Um, there was a small group of kids that were just sort of is the... Is this the one that had, like, the werewolves with four Yes! Four-eared yes. werewolves. Like, Basically just... what it was, there was this girl, and she was, again, really, really smart, but very shy and didn't talk a lot. Um, and I gave these kids this task of doing their own short story creation. And so we looked at, and the way that I taught it was looking at My Hero Academia, because we're just like pretty fresh off the boat at this time, um, about the hero's journey. So I was like, hey, you know, have got this character that they've nothing really important about them. And then as they go through, they develop um, who they are, the special ability, they've got the mentor, you've got the antagonist, you've got the sidekicks, blah, blah, blah. And because she sort of saw that and got really invested into it, she started writing her own story. But it wasn't a short story. It was her own fan fiction novella. And I got like 10 pages for this thing, which was only meant to be like three. And so I was like, dude, like, it's great. And you can see this whole plot thing. But it was something that she was so passionate. It was like her way of expressing herself was through writing. And because I'd shown an interest and sort of guided her, she wrote this whole thing. And I was like, why don't we save this as your side project and get back to this other thing? She's like, no, no, no I want this. I was like... Well, I'm only going to read up to the first, like, 1,000 words, and I'll mark you on that, and the rest is your own fair game. Um, but, yeah, no, she was really, really into that, and one of the characters was this sort of uh, werewolf, wolf, car- fox thing, whatever it was. But it had, like, wolf ears and the normal human ears, and that was the thing. That is... A frightening image. I love it. <laughs> Wasn't there, I swear there was something about like the symbols of like the car- deck of cards, like the spades. Oh, and, I can't remember. And I was like, wow, that's such a like star force, um, star versus the forces of evil kind of like reference to that. Maybe I can't remember. But yeah, the the werewolf character thing was the big standout, and I went on this journey of revenge, basically. One thing that I'm going to bring into my classes is and uh, for structuring their um, solo performances that I've learned through popular culture mm-hmm. is um, Dan Harmon's Story Circle. I love Dan Harmon. Um, for those who don't know, and if you listen to this podcast, I'm sure you must know who he is. Yeah. Uh, he created Community and Rick and Morty. Um, and his, his Story Circle is, is, I think, a brilliant way of structuring a story, and it focuses on the character. Mm-hmm. So it's you know it starts with characters in the zone of comfort. Character wants something, so they go out and get it. They get it, but a price. Yeah, you know, and things like that. So it's all about the the character, and it just makes it less plot driven and more character driven. <laughs> I like that. I so, always um like when it comes to character creation, my rule with students is that a character needs three things. They need like a positive trait. They need a negative trait or a flaw, and they need a motivation. Mm. And that motivation can change throughout 
but I like talk to them. I'm like, what is it? It's like the the good trait makes them likable. The negative trait makes them human. Their motivated traits, um, motivation makes the audience interested in them. Yeah, I can see that. Aside from the way that you interact with your students in terms of the otaku or the um, anime stuff, how have your kids sort of responded to you doing these sorts of stuff? Because I know that for me, what happened was because I sort of befriended a whole bunch of these, uh, the anime kids, and eventually because we were talking about art so much and the way that the various art styles are done with like the various characters, they actually started drawing a lot and some of them actually started drawing for me. Like, so I have artwork from my kids that they dedicated to me based on whether it be their own passions or anime stuff. And so, like, because of based that... Based on your slash fanfic. That my... What, <laughs> yikes. My slash... No, you you and your, your slash. You two are slashes. <laughs> I'm not. I'm... I'm an English teacher. What do you expect? <laughs> um, Clara but... slash another version of Clara. <laughs> okay, that's, that's an interesting one. Um, but like, it, it was a case of like, because they did all this and went out of their way for me, I would like personalize every single one of them. So I'd used to give them very unique nicknames just to sort of set that rapport with them. Um, and so like the, you've got like green goblin, I've got dragon lady, rainbow child, oddball. Like there's a whole stack of these kids. Like they've got their own little quirks and stuff. And so I gave them all very unique nicknames just to sort of set that like, you, you cause you, you know, when you were in high school, when you were at school and you were just there. Like, you just did your job, you you got learnt, you did your tasks, you got moved learnt. on. <laughs> got learnt. Go to school, get learnt. Um, but you never really, like, there was always those times where you're like, I'm only having fun during recess and lunch when I'm hanging out with my friends, and, like, that was it, right? But, uh, like... Yeah. Depends I mean, on the class. I, I think there's... there's, there's um, I think I felt more like that in primary school, but there's still a thing that I enjoyed. I don't think... I never really hated school in the same way that other people like really hate school. Yeah, I have lots um, of students that hate school. Mm. But like, because I know that when I was in high school, it was very much a droll, mundane thing of just go here, learn, go home, rinse I and think repeat. That's how we remember it. But I think you know, there's actually some really interesting stuff that goes on in a school. Like, I mean, I think I think you know, even maths, which you know can be quite dry. I remember having a real personable teacher. I remember uh, the things actually being quite interesting at the time. Like doing statistics was quite interesting and finding sati- and gambling and, and working out. You, know, you were gambling at school? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just remember maths being told to stop trying to dig a tunnel through the wall. What the <laughs> Literally. fuck? I was just like, poking, like, I wasn't actually tunneling. I was like, um, it was like a weird wall and there was like um, some stones that were like bit, set a bit weirdly in it. And so I was just poking at them, and the teacher's like, Karis, stop trying to tunnel your way out. See, if I was the teacher, I would have been that one. I would have been the one that's, like, ripped into you, because I'm always about doing that. I thought you were going to say, if you were a teacher, you'd be the one tunneling out of the classroom. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, like, because for me, I always want to make... Um, my teaching method is just making it fun. And mm. that's why I'm always cool to, like, turn up my Ianisms up to, like, 110. <laughs> just so, like, it's fun and enjoyable. And, like, similar to what you were saying before, like, the kids that, like... They're not always there, or sometimes I have things that affect them, but they're always like, I want to go to that class. That teacher's there, I want to be there, and just have a good time with everyone. I think I think um, I, I, I want my classes to be fun as well. I think the use of the pop culture references is a, a strategy, I think, that we all use, but I don't think it's our only strategy. And I think we can use it to align with another strategy. I mean, 
the using the um, so your English class about recontextualization using their own interests is a strategy that yeah. you, you can use, and using you know um, if you got a kid doing something like misbehaving mm. and addressing that misbehavior with a sort of snarky comment mm. to sort of de-escalate the situation is also a good strategy as well. I think um, with my year sevens, when I first have them, I, I go like really snark level, like sort of a... I, you I, turn to like bitch mode. No, not really. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to describe it without it make it sounding sort of horrible, but I sort of know, I know that they're scared and that I'm a high school drama teacher. And I know that I'm a high school teacher and it's drama. So it's two things that some of them are mostly scared of. So I think there's a sort of level that you, you play at where you sort of sort of comically mean. So mm-hmm. there's um when we do a sort of get to know you activity, um, and the kid says that they're a fan of Star Wars and you go, What what trilogy? What ones do you like? And it doesn't matter what he says, you're gonna say, Really? <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter which one is you know. Um so, you know, you just sort of that sort of thing. Yeah. And you just bring it up. I just brought it up to this kid every time. We're like, all right, and does anyone else have any questions? Oh, I know, but Ben, you like the Phantom Menace. Like, uh, I'm not going <laughs> to... Anyone, you know. there's, there's something weird about that, isn't it? Maybe it's an Australian thing of just like, if you rip into someone, you build rapport that way. I think, I think because it is... I think you choose the people that you do it to. Yeah. Um, yes, definitely. I mean, you know, there's certain things that I would not say to various students because that would destroy, you know, if there's certain students that if they like The Phantom Menace and I say, ah, oh, and I shit on The Phantom Menace, then their, their self-worth is so equated with the things they like. Yeah, but, mm. like, surely there's also a way that you can do that with it coming off as sarcasm, as a joke, versus literally being mean, though. I think I think one of the things, I, in that situation, I, I criticise Star Wars because I'm a Doctor Who fan. Mm. Uh, now... Instantly, instantly, I think the, the hypocrisy in that is clear to everyone. So they get, they're in on the joke. They're in on the joke. Yeah. Like, oh, Star Wars, that's rubbish. Doctor Who, that's proper science fiction. It's got phone boxes. You know, like, <laughs> and they're just, they're just aware whoever they're arguing against is just being silly. I yeah. think that's an important part of it. It's, it's, which, which, you know, which is probably why I never really got on with phys ed teachers at school. And like, oh, hurry up, come on, slow coach. But like, oh, but I am a slow coach, so it got me. <laughs> whereas, whereas... Wait, 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 stop, stop. Did you say slow coach? Yeah. I always got slow poke. I hated sports, so I just got nothing. They just ignored me. I always, yeah, no, she I was never had too slow far coach. behind to hear what they were shouting. <laughs> yeah, <no. laughs> she would always be the kid that would be like, when everyone's in the middle, like doing their thing, she'd be off in the corner, just sitting there. I didn't even finish. Like, we're doing like the like 4,000 meters or something. 4,000 meters? Something like that. I don't know, the big run. I can't remember how much. <laughs> I didn't even finish. It's called it 100 meters, Karis. Uh, no, it was the long one. No. It was like several laps around four, the oval. 400 meters is... Do you know how long 400 meters is? That's it's like the oval. Just slightly like less than a half a kilometre. No, I would have hated sport too if I had to do 4,000 <laughs> metres. I don't know. It was something like... I can't remember. Did you guys just show how much of an English it. teacher you are that you don't even know how far like 100 metres is? Like, <laughs> your maths is so I, bad. Think, I say to students, I'm like, don't do anything maths against me. I can't do anything I tell maths. that to kids when it comes to spelling. I'm like, I might be your English teacher, but don't tell me how to spell things. I can't do that. Oh, don't, don't admit that. You don't <laughs> admit, admit that. that. Nah. You just say, oh, like, if you get it, you just, like, give it your best go, and they're like, oh, I'm going to double-check that for you just, just because I want to be sure that... 
that like it you learn it correctly and yeah. then I'll double check nah. it and be like yes I was correct and then be it like I thought I was correct but just wanted my to double SN check for your sake. teacher used to do which was like to just scribble it on the board and like dot the handwriting <laughs> so no one could actually read it that was that is what my current handwriting is, yes. Yeah. No, because it's one of those things where, do you ever do that thing where you go into, like, certain modes? No. Like, when yes, you're out probably. and about in your free mode, like, very casual, laissez-faire, and then when you're, like, teaching, you go into, like, very strict mode? Like, because my handwriting, if I'm doing freehand, looks like chicken scratch, basically. <laughs> but when I'm doing it on the board, because I think it's because it's nice and big, like, my handwriting's yeah, yeah, way my better. Yeah, my handwriting's a lot better on the board. I yeah. think my but handwriting's atrocious in both ways. In my freehand... It's because you're left-handed. It's, like, spelling things on the board is Prejudice. different to, like... <laughs> spelling things on the board is, like, really different to spelling them on paper, though. I find I tend to get, like, a few wrong, like, you on the board. You don't have an audience when you write on paper. I know. Yeah. Like, I think once on one of my pracs, I actually forgot how to spell the word tattoo in a, in a group of, like, year eights. One time. I was so embarrassed. This is not, this, we've left, we've left relevancy now. But one time, um, we were, we were looking at narrative structure and these kids were acting out a story. So we are breaking down their story. All right. And instead of writing out their names, I just used their letter of their first name. Yeah. So there was a kid called Sienna, because there's always a kid called Sienna. Yeah, always. I've learned this. Right, right, right. And, and in, the, in the story, she was the antagonist. Like, right, okay, okay, kids, this is Sienna. She's the antagonist. That's mm-hmm. the bad guy that they oppose, the protagonist. All right now we've got the climax. Right? Well, not the climax, the conflict. All right? mm-hmm. So here we've got Sienna hits Gregory, whatever his name was. Right. And these kids started laughing. Because it says shit. Yeah. Yeah. It took me so long to realise <laughs> that. Though. Immediately. Because all I'm seeing is Sienna hits Gregory and I am not seeing it. And then like I'm telling them off for laughing. And I as you know, gradually in that class it spreads like wildfire, they're all getting the joke. And I'm like, what's happening? How did I lose control of this? I'm like like look down as my flying undone, is there like a bird hitting the window? And they're like, What what what's going yeah. Did they oh. ever tell you, or did you oh, have to realize yeah, that? No, they, 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 they showed it to me. It took a while for me to understand. How were, did it take you so long? Because I wasn't, I wasn't looking for swear words on the whiteboard. Yeah. <laughs> they were pointing at the whiteboard, and I'm like, yes, this is what we're doing. <laughs> uh, uh, I can't remember what it was, but it was the same thing where I was typing, I was writing something, and it had ass in it. <laughs> and, <laughs> that's how I teach kids how to spell assassin. I'm Maybe like, it's, remember, it's... assassin, it requires two butts. There's a um, theatre practitioner called uh, Jack Lecoq. He's French. <laughs> and, and whenever I teach him, I always go, right, so, Jack Lecoq. <laughs> I, I just snigger every time I say Lecoq. Just to go with the, the just, joke? Just to go with the joke. Yeah, and and yeah. none of them find it funny. Because I wouldn't, uh, like, after ten because times. Because you pointed out, yeah. yeah. But I think, I think well, my, my philosophy behind it is that in their exam, right, and they're, they're stressing out, they just need to remind what annoyed him in drama, and they'll be like, oh, it's, you know, it's Lecoq. It's him sniggering every time he says Lecoq. Oh, I do that with, um, I taught Blackfish, and it's done by oh. Gabriella Capithwaite. And I'm like, okay, let's, they're like, what is that last name? And I'm like, okay, let's split it up on the board. Cow, Perth, Wait, E. And they're like, okay, miss, we got it. <laughs> what, when it comes to you, Karis, I feel like when it comes to your teaching method, you would be purposely, like... Funny, I feel like because oh, yeah, no. you're pun, you are me. the pun yeah. queen, yeah. yeah. Whereas like I go out of my way to make the worst dad jokes <laughs> as best as possible. Mine are both. I once uh, was in a pun off against one of my um, students a few years back. Yeah. This is the most talkative girl you've ever met. After this pun off, 
she was just staring defeatedly at the floor, dead Aww. silent. It was great. I loved it. Wow. <laughs> you will forever be memorialized as the, the teacher that beat another student yes. at her own game. It was great. Well, I think also using, using humor can sort of detach you from the class as well. Like we're not making the same sort of jokes that they make with their friends at yeah. recess and lunch. I mean, if we did, we'd be fired, right? Mm. Um, I think, <laughs> yeah. I think, uh, we, no, the, and this is, I want to try and connect this back to, to the, the topic I can't. I think that's what we, you, you do, is you're sort of, de- you know, you're in their sort of world. At the same time, you can also be a step away from it. Yes. Because, you know, yes. the type of anime that you like is, you know, like how many year sevens have heard of Bleach? Mm. You know, like, you know. None, it's, yeah. It's reducing. So, um, you know, there's hardly anyone that knows of Harry Caesarmia. Um, you gonna be okay with this, Thomas? You gonna uh, make this? Season this three. is the real melancholy. S- season three will come out, and now everyone will. Is it season three? Is, is, just is that relating to uh, Firefly season two? Too soon, Kat. <laughs> we did this. We did this at the start. It's it's literally too soon. a repeat yeah. of the start. Too yeah. soon. Um, where's Serenity too? That's what I want to know. Oh, but I think this is this is it. Like when people talk about you know Doctor Who. Um, no, firstly. What's frightening to me is that the kids that are getting uh, in year seven were born like 2004, 2005. Mm-hmm. So Doctor Who's never been of the air for them. So when I talk about yeah. the new series, I'm like, there is no new series. It's just it for you. Yeah. But I can I can talk about, you know, VHS and things like that. And we can talk about, when it comes to anime, about kiss anime. Mm-hmm. And things. So so we're still part of that sort of culture, but we're like the, the old guard. I suppose... You know, that's the difference between, you know, um, you, you know, uh, ways of feminism mm. or, or, or ways, ways of, um, you know, pride. Like there are, you know, the older demographic of, of gay couples are very different to the younger generation because they've yes. had yes. to yes. live with, with uh, the, the homophobia a lot longer, the systematic, systematic homophobia. Mm. Some of them remember when it was illegal. Yes. Uh, you know, mm. so you know, so what they weren't even talking about, you know, gay marriage. They were just talking about it being legalized, you know. And then and then they're looking at these these younger generations that seem to have it all. Russell T. Davies writes a brilliant drama about that called um Cucumber. Okay. Um, about the different generation. So I think that's what we are part of when it yeah. comes to fandom. Yeah, I think that we are definitely the sort of the middle ground. We are the transitional generation because the generation before us never really had a lot of the anime sort of people, you know, born in the 80s, for example, where they anime and stuff, like you were saying, um, just the access to it and the freedom to it, it just wasn't there. Whereas the next generation, like you said, it's always been there. It's always been available. It's always accessible to them. So we are very much that middle ground, um, which brings me up to sort of the last topic I wanted to talk about is moving forwards in, in terms of teaching kids within a school context or even as your own kids do you think it's still important, or do you think it is important, sorry, um, to keep up with the pop culture stuff and to keep maintaining that rapport with kids in in the topics that is relevant to them to maintain their attention? Think, or is there a yeah. point where, like, we will have to be like, no, we can't indulge in this stuff anymore and we'll have to go to much more of a traditional teaching. I, I don't think you'll ever find a point where like, oh, we're indulging in students' interest too much. Mm. I think, you know, if you, you, I think there's plenty of red flags before you get to that point. I think we will have to keep up. I think we will have to just have an awareness of what the current films they're watching mm. so we can use them as examples. I don't think we need to watch them. I've not seen a Marvel film. 
I think there's a two that I managed to, I've had to say. But I can still talk about it just because it's in the popular culture sort of consciousness. Yeah. But I think, you know, I mean, you know, this goes back to what we were saying earlier about engagement. Yeah, I think we'd keep reusing popular culture and keeping up, not just for, for school, I'm sure for our own selves. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's... It just so happened, my interests just so happened to line up with my students at the moment. That's more what it is. I'm not openly going out of my way to, oh, no, I had like, like, yes, it has happened that where a student was talking about my hero academia and then like um, I had a bit of a break and then I watched it and it was because of like that student that I ended up watching my hero academia. But typically it's more that my interests just so happen to align with my students. Not that I really go out of my way to be like, oh no, I have to like be up to date with all the memes or else I won't understand what memes they're using. Yeah, it's not as if like a phys ed teacher goes out there like, oh God, well, we need to memorise who's playing on the football teams now, you know. They, yeah. they, they, they do it because it's their interest anyway. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I think there's, there's plenty of students who are probably alienated by how interesting. In, <laughs> That's probably very and, true. And, anime. Yeah. Um, but then I think there's, there's enough strategies that we have to develop rapport with them and have an interest in them as human beings. Yeah. Um, so I think I think that was fine. So I think we'd always, always um, keep doing what we're doing and, and up, up, update ourselves. And again, it's hard to talk about like the far distant future as well because there could just be a point, like as was happened with later generations, like I'm sure a lot of like the older teachers now, when they first started, they were into the same sorts of things. And yet nowadays they've become kind of like there's just a slowly a gap has kind of formed between them and the students. And it is very possible that that could happen even for our generation well, in the future. I think maybe yeah. this is something that we should all mention about the three of us is that we're actually quite young. Yeah. Yes. Well, yes. all of us are, are under 30. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think there's only sort of in terms of how the year 12s are 18 and, and I think there's some of us are less than 10 years different or thereabouts. I think. Yeah. You know, the, the, yes. The, yeah. Oh, the um, first time, my very first class I ever taught, I was 19 years old and I was teaching 17-year-olds. Yeah, right. That's that, you know. So I think, um, and, and yeah, I think that's a part of it is the fact that we are, we are, we are quite young and, and progressive. And, uh, and part of that are the nostalgia generation is what um, our kind of one is referred to because we grew up with things like VCRs <laughs> when our houses still had the home phones. And then we dial had... Dial-up internet. <laughs> Dial-up internet, and yes. And you couldn't use it if someone wanted to make a phone call? We yeah. had, like, this police officer coming around and talking to, like, the schools, and he came to ours, and he was trying to show, like, oh, how social media changes us. And he's like, of all the, like, teachers and adults in here, how many of you, like, grew up with the internet? And, of course, I put my hand up because I'd been using it since I was, like, 10 years old. And then he's like, you put your hand down. What, um, like, dial-up doesn't count. And I'm like, what? It's... What? I know. I'm like, but I've... What? Oh, well, that was probably him being snarky. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But uh, it, it's it's true. I well, I did um uh, an English class for my prac, and I think we were looking at film, and I did the history of film, and and one of the things that you try, I think uh, TV as well. One of the things that you you explain to people is is you know when you look at early film, it was pa- people were paying even before that, just actualities. People were paying just to see moving images. Mm. There's not, not even a story. Just, mm. oh, see this picture, it moves. Right? And, and, you know, and appointment viewing as well. And you know, this idea on TV that if you didn't see something, it was gone. You didn't get to see it again. Yeah. 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 Unless it happened to be repeated, God knows when. Mm. There was no catch-up service. You know, there was no streaming. If you wanted to watch 
uh, whatever you wanted to watch. You had to work out when you had to get the magazine. You had to record it as well. Oh, you could record it. Yeah. Which case, if you wanted to, to, to keep it, you had to keep that VHS, um, which took up back there with Chunky. Was there anything else that you guys wanted to add or talk about when uh, it comes to teaching, being adults, uh, anime, pop culture stuff in regards to kids, anything like that? I think it is a way of connecting with the students that feel like an outcast. Yeah, it's definitely think- not like every single student. Like, I have some, and they'll try to talk to me, and I'm like, no, this is an appropriate time. Like, if you really want to talk to me about that, then you can find me in, like, recess or lunch. And, of course, they won't because a lot of the time they'll want to go on to that topic of conversation to waste your time and to waste (laughs) their time. And it's like, no, we're not doing that at the moment because I know why you're doing it, and uh, we can have that conversation later if you really want to have it. But now I need you to do your work. And mm. it's important. It's like really important if you are like a nerd teacher to know where that point is. Yeah. Yeah. I don't disagree. Because at the end of the day, it's always about them learning mm. and about their education and doing what's right by the student. And that isn't always talking about what they like. Sometimes it is just getting them to do their work. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, thank you very much for joining me today, you two. Uh, It has been a fantastic thing. Um, And for everyone else who is listening, thank you. Be sure to like, follow, all of those cool social media things. Subscribe, please. (laughs) Slam that like button. Uh, Hit the bell icon. (laughs) Fuck you. Uh, Thank you very much for joining me today, uh, Thomas and Karis. This has been great. And uh, we'll be sure to do this again sometime later on down the line. Yeah. Isn't it just great that we're not relief teachers? (laughs) Fuck you. Hi, thanks for listening to the podcast. If you'd like to keep up to date with all future shows, be sure to like this video and subscribe to the channel. And while you're at it, why don't you follow our social media accounts so you know when the next video is going to be live and any behind the scenes stuff. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at MrMediocreAU. And again, thank you very much for listening and I can't wait to have you for the next one. Bye.